This is Transistor.fm. Hey folks, Justin Jackson here. Once again, I'm without my wingman, John Buddha. Uh, we weren't able to record um, our co-founder call. He's been really busy at work. I've been really busy as well. It just didn't happen. But I can't leave you folks without an episode. And I wanted to share with you this conversation I had with Derek Reimer and Ben Ornstein on their podcast, Art of Product podcast.com go check it out uh just a really great it's just really great to chat with other people who are kind of experiencing the same things as you at the same time so derek reimer was the co-founder of drip which was acquired by lead pages he is now starting a new product called level.app and uh just kind of building it from the ground level like john and i are and ben ornstein uh, he's done a bunch of cool things. Uh, he's known for uh, refactoring for Rails. He's known for a really cool podcast called Giant Robots. And he is building a remote pair programming tool called Tuple with, I believe, two other founders. And it, we just had this kind of freedom to share with each other our anxieties, what we're struggling with at this kind of moment in time. And so here's just a little bit of that conversation. So uh, welcome to Art of Product, Justin Jackson. Hey, thanks. Good to be here. How's it going? I want to say, yeah, things are great, but things are good. Things yeah. are, you know, it feels like there's a lot, it's a lot of work to build something, especially on the side. So I would also yeah, say, tell me about it. I feel tired and feel like it's going slow and all that, all that stuff. Totally. Yeah, I definitely want to dig into that. One of my explicit questions for you is like, how's your brain? What's your mental state like? <laughs> mm -hmm, I asked Derek this too, but yeah, I think we can, yeah. we'll all commiserate perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I ask you a question, Ben? Always. <laughs> so I, I go to Twitter and there's nothing about <laughs> Tuple on, I know. on Rip. Yep. I go to benornstein.com. There's nothing about Tuple. There, if mm -hmm. I go to your media tweets... There's no screenshots that I can see, at least not in the first little bit. Is that a mm -hmm. is that a a purposeful decision? Like you're purposefully not building in public, or you're purposefully not sharing too much? I um, it's it's sort of a failure. Is is one <laughs> part of it? Like part of it's just like no, that's bad, and you shouldn't do it this way. And I I'm messing up. Mm. Um, part of it is just that like I don't have a visual thing to or, or like a website or a landing page or anything to share yet. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, I do want to say, like, as soon as we launch our landing page, all of those places will point at Tuple for sure. Yeah. Um, although I, I take your point and I, I agree with it, I think, which is like, I could still be sharing some things like updates and yeah. teasing things well, and just, screenshots. Even just a, a pinned tweet or something to say, hey, it's Ben, this is totally. what I'm working on right now. Uh, and it's not ready yet. But the, uh, ironically, again, when you've built relationships with folks and you've You've and people are kind of interested in what you're doing. They will mm -hmm. heart and retweet those sometimes because they're like, "Oh, look what Ben's doing," and yeah. uh, they just make great pinned tweets because then you can see, "Oh, this is what he's up to now." 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, this is is not ideal. You're you're right to point it out. I think that's good advice, actually, for anybody is is to at least it's also good practice for saying you could say uh, it's it's like exactly the elevator pitch or the elevator question like, hey, Ben, what are you doing right now? Oh, well, you know how screen sharing is a real pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, I mean, or pair programming over the web or whatever. And I'm actually literally like mining my brain for like, what the hell is tuple right now? I'm guessing I think it's screen sharing and and uh, pair programming. Remote pair programming is the right way to and so you know how that all sucks? Yeah, that totally sucks. Well, we're building a tool that makes it way better because of this and this and this. Well, that makes yep. a great pinned tweet, whether you have 50 followers or 1,000 or whatever, that you're practicing telling your story. And mm. yeah, I got to get better at this too. Like I still uh, don't always have that even nailed myself. Like, uh, you know, what does what makes Transistor better? Well, <sighs> you know, I got it's hard to articulate those things, but when you practice them, mm. it becomes easier, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I've been holding back because I didn't have somewhere to send people where it's like, I'm working on a thing mm-hmm. and you should uh, know about it. Yeah. It's, you should know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's like what I really want to, I've kind of been like saving some of that uh, ammunition, I guess, for like, yeah. and you should go here yeah. and sign up for updates, I guess. Yeah. But maybe that's... I mean, something you could do too, like the product, the product hunt ship page. Um, That's what I did for a few weeks. Like, and I just set up a, it's actually up on GitHub, like level HQ slash website. And it's just a static site with an iframe. So Mm. I put that on level app for a little while. And the nice thing about that is it, it has a little bit of the social, um, social proof built into it where if you're on signed into product hunt, it shows who of your friends have also subscribed Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you can import your existing list into there. So, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it didn't really like every time someone would subscribe, I'd sort of watch and see if there's a little bump in like others who maybe saw the, saw it on product hunt and like also signed Mm -hmm. on. And there didn't seem to be a lot of network effects happening for mine, which is why I've, I've transitioned off of that, Mm -hmm. um, to the longer form page, but it at least got me by for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a few other tricks Two, one is you could take a clip of you describing in this podcast what tuple is, and then you could say, mm. hey, I'm working on something new. Check it out. And it's just like a, a sound clip on Twitter. Um, you mm. could do it the same with video. Here's a little clip of a video. You could you know, record a phone conversation with your partners. And it's just like mm. the anticipation, like building anticipation and leaving little teases and hints is a, a massively underrated uh, way to kind of build up to a launch and mm-hmm. um the just even saying hey i'm working on something something new something in, i'll give you mm-hmm. i'll give you a little hint it's in it's for remote uh programmers or something okay well mm-hmm. at least i know now and uh again people remember those things so you're you're cluing them in like oh ben's on a journey i'm i'm gonna go on that journey Right. And you probably need more of those. I think most people need more of those than they think they do. Like some people might think Ben is still working full time. Some people might think Ben is, you know, some people might think Derek's still at drip. Uh, Like Mm -hmm. that you you need to kind of leave this bread, this uh, breadcrumb trail for folks, Mm. uh, especially if you've invested a lot in your relationships and profile. People need something to like follow. 
And you can do that without mm-hmm. a landing page or a mailing list or anything. You can just say, hey, I'm working on something new. Here's a little. And Adam Wathen is absolutely the king of this. I was just going to say that. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, Adam is listening to this going, duh. He kills me. <laughs> I mean, I'm a good talker, yeah. but he is the best at just going, oh, like, this is interesting. I should just share this little thing. And yep. uh, yeah. of course, people find it interesting, right? So, yeah. And then when you launch, it feels familiar. Mm-hmm. Like people are like, "Oh yeah, this is that thing he's been working on. I've been hearing about this." Oh, there you go. There's that that thing that he sh- showed us showed a screenshot of. Yeah, yeah. You, you people need more time than you think they do. Uh, if all of a sudden mm-hmm. I just you know woke up one day and said, "Hey, I launched a podcast hosting application," people are like, "Whoa, whoa!" Uh, but if yeah. if I if I tell them you know three six months ahead, they're all immediately thinking. Should I have a podcast? Do I need to host a podcast? Do I know people that are hosting a podcast? Do I, you know, mm-hmm. what problems have I encountered with that? Oh, uh, we're in a meeting and my boss wants us to start a podcast for a company. Oh yeah, Justin's starting that thing. It just gives them time to process it as opposed to just surprising them like, hey, surprise, hey, I got something new. Totally. Uh, people yeah. need time to process things. So you get when you give them that time, it's... Uh, it's in your favor, right? Mm-hmm. All right, fine. I'll tweet about it. <laughs> Even this mastermind is brutal. <laughs> is this how long updates usually take? This is a little. <laughs> God, no, no, no. <laughs> how long a whole epi- uh, single episode takes? Listeners are like, "What the?" Um. So I'm working on a new podcast hosting application called Transistor.fm with uh, my buddy John. We've been doing it. Well, we signed uh, our partnership agreement in February or something, but we've been working on it since January and he was working on it even before then. So he had built like a, a MVP that our first customer, Cards Against Humanity, could use. And uh, so they've been hosting their podcast since December, I think. Hmm. And uh, but we're both doing it part time, and uh, so John works full time for cards, and I uh. have a business. I, I think actually he's in the better situation because it's so easy to work on Transistor, and my regular business is basically selling this course, marketing for developers, doing coaching calls, doing you know like that kind of stuff, and it's really easy to just want to do this other do transistor so i think we're Mm. both struggling with that a bit we're 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 i mean we keep launching new features every week we're getting closer we have about i think about 70 early access customers wow paying customers paying customers yeah nice uh i think john wanted it to be 10 but i just keep inviting people uh and uh we're our initial plan, our sorry, current plan is that he's going to fly here to British Columbia and we're going to launch officially in July. So cool. we'll see, we'll see uh, if that happens. Uh, and actually, most recently, what we've been doing, we have a podcast called Build Your SaaS. And we, we, just, we, we, we are always kind of like, okay, here's the topic. We're going to figure out pricing. And so in the midst of the conversation, we're like supposed to figure out what we're going to do. And we got into this pricing conversation. We're like, wow, this is a, we can't figure this out on air. Like we need to, mm-hmm. we really need to chew on this. And so mm-hmm. uh, one, one thing we're trying to do 
we're both in our late 30s. And I think I probably everyone has this propensity, but there's this propensity to always want to make it seem like you have all the answers and that you're, you know, I've been working with SaaS companies since 2008. Like I should know this stuff. Mm. But uh, we're really trying to bury our egos and reach out for help whenever we can. Massively helpful because our initial ideas for pricing were dumb. Like they were just dumb. Mm. And it's so funny, you know, I don't know what that saying is. You can't see the forest for the trees or whatever. But when the trees are right in front of you, like you're in the forest Mm -hmm. and you just can't see, you're looking around and you just, you're in the weeds Having someone else, and it can, sometimes they don't even need to have a lot of expertise, but someone else that can just look at your situation and go, well, there's a lot of other stuff I'm seeing that you're not seeing. Mm -hmm. And to have a bunch of those conversations and basically every single person was aligned. They're all like, I would not price it that way. So we were going to price it based on number Mm -hmm. of shows. Um, Mm -hmm. Because in the enterprise space, in the podcast enterprise space, that's what people do. Because they're selling to radio stations and big podcast networks, but that's not our target market. Our target market is, we think, is businesses, specifically tech businesses that want to podcast. And so mm. uh, they're like, this is a bad way to price. And it doesn't, your, your value proposition doesn't scale with your main cost center, which is bandwidth. So mm. why are you going to, like, how much is it... Like Cards Against Humanities had 3.8 million downloads since they launched. It's like, Mm. are you guys losing money on them? And we're like, well, we don't know. We might be. They're like, well, you should definitely make your pricing. If you can, it's better to have your main value proposition relate to your main cost center and have expansion revenue kind of go with that, right? So... The more, mm. so what they were suggesting is downloads, number of downloads. The more downloads you get, the more you get charged. It's also mm. theoretically the main thing people want. Like when we do interviews with customers, yeah. they're like, we're like, what's the number one thing you want? More listeners. That's what they want. So right. um, that's what we're working on right now um, and uh, getting, getting closer to, to that, figuring out you know, what we're going to charge initially. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the last piece. It feels like we have lots more product stuff we want to build, but that that's the piece we want to have in place so that we can launch in July. I take it. Yeah. I've also been thinking a lot about, uh, uh, about, I, I called it activation because actually, and while you're talking, Ben, this, this triggered something in me, um, which is you, you've been able to get people to pay for something that doesn't exist which is an incredible thing. Like that's, uh, and Derek, you've been able to get someone to sign up for something that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. which is incredible. It, it shows that, you know, you've invested all those things that we talked about, like you've invested in community. You've clearly, you've got a, a hook that is hooking people. And I think all of that stuff's incredible. What I've been thinking about lately though, is what comes after that, which is, Sure, I can get people to sign up. I can even get people to pay for this. But can I get people to use it and keep using it? And I think that's one thing that worries me that keeps me up at night a little bit is uh, I'm sure for all of our apps, like every app needs usage. 
but specifically in podcasting, if people are not creating shows and they're not mm -hmm. uploading episodes, that is going to be very bad for our business long term. And so mm. activation and usage is something that's on my mind. And I think in the ebook course space, we get a lot of people who do not activate. They just buy and we're happy to take their money. <laughs> but in the long term, it's very difficult to build a business off those folks uh, because they if they've never if they never use it, they never get success. If they never get success, they don't tell people about it. If they don't, you know, mm -hmm. they never want to upgrade. They never want to get to the next step. And um, because I've been in the ebook course space for the past two years, I'm I'm really thinking, man, I need. It's not enough to take people's money. I really need something that is I can invest in, and that naturally expands as people use it. There's there's this activation and usage that leads to further revenue as opposed to me investing in this thing that sure, I got people's money, but then I'm done. Um, Derek, do you want to take this one or should I? <laughs> I? So I've got some thoughts, but then you can go. So, so like, so you're building a service, right? And uh, the service is software. You're hosting podcasts, yeah. but uh, something that's really kind of interesting about Stripe's strategy is that, you know, they've, they're launching Atlas to help you start companies and they're doing that because they want to make it the on-ramp easier for people to build businesses, which will then in turn turn into, uh, you know, <laughs> revenue that is built through Stripe. And so that's like they're investing in this other thing that ends up um, sort of this virtuous cycle of revenue back into their company. Mm -hmm. So for you, it'd be, you know, perhaps something like, like, what can you do as a company to uh, to help? encourage people to continue creating mm -hmm. um and i don't even know what this is if it's education or if there's some software that that some technical component that helps with that mm -hmm. um feel free to interject ben i'm go i'm going even one one level further which yeah. is you're building a podcast host but no one wants a podcast host mm -hmm. they want a podcast mm -hmm. and they yeah. want downloads and they've already told you that they want a bunch of downloads yeah so like, I feel like you need to talk to Brian Castle mm -hmm. and talk to him about his done for you. We make a podcast for you for your business service. Yeah. And like, I don't know if that's a business you want to run, but like that to me is the ultimate answer. It's like, oh, they didn't actually start making episodes. Like, well, damn it. We have a plan. Mm -hmm. It costs a lot. Yeah. But we make episodes. We make sure you make episodes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're already, we were already, we've already done experiments with that. Um, with, mm -hmm. do we want to be in the done for you? Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think there is something there for sure. I think there's also opportunities in software, but it's it's likely we're going to have to partner with folks like Castle. Uh, my friend Adam Clark has a new company called Podcast Royale that does this, and he's already mm -hmm. he's already referring customers to us, so we can see. Okay, wow, this is one way to do it, right? Yep. Uh, and I think there's also I haven't I haven't quite figured this out, but um, I had one founder reach out to me. And say, I want, I've always wanted a podcast, but I want a co-host in the beginning. Like I want you, Justin, to be my co-host so that I can experiment mm. with this and have some confidence and all the, so there is, those pieces are there for sure. Yeah. Uh, although it, it also, it still makes me worried <laughs> because, you know, like uh, it's yeah. hard making a well, podcast. It's hard doing it every week. And, um, yeah. The, the nice thing about downloads, though, that is encouraging is one problem in the podcast hosting industry is dead shows or 
shows that are not being updated anymore. And uh, the because I can see now all of our new early access users, how many downloads they get. And I've transferred my shows. So Product People, um, which is a show I update occasionally, is one of the shows I imported. Well, it's it goes like Cards Against Humanity and then Product People is number two. And so for a, it's a show that's not updated very often, but still gets lots of downloads. And so there's benefit there. I'm still getting the benefit from those shows. And so mm-hmm. this idea that folks, instead of thinking, I only get benefit from this if I'm uploading new shows, as instead they're thinking, I invest in this and maybe I do a season and I still get the benefit for a long, long time. If it's, you know, like Seth Godin's startup school, if you ever search startup, mm-hmm. it's like super old, never updated. It's still like number one on iTunes. Um, mm-hmm. That's still, it's like an asset that just sits there. And, you right. know, so that makes me feel a little bit better that if we can just get people to make seven shows and they're getting mm-hmm. enough benefit from that, then, you know, they might keep paying for a long time. It's like we've invested in this asset. It's still giving us a return. Yeah. And I think like as much you can build into the product that demonstrates that people are still getting value out of the content they've produced, Mm -hmm. the better you're going to be. So with Drip, it was always like, how can we put dollar signs everywhere in the app to show you like this campaign is earning you this much money or this activity is causing this conversion to happen at this stage in your funnel? Because, you know, the more attribution we could do, the more insights we could offer, um, you know, on like ways to improve or ways to get more, uh, more people listening, more downloads, mm-hmm. uh, more reach. And I think there's probably some opportunities you could do with like mining data that you have figuring out like, Hey, this was your most popular episode. And you talked about this and it was this length or this format, like yeah. try doing more of that. Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, that's a good idea. I dig it. I hear, I understand your fears though. Like it's, so I, I started a tiny little podcast hosting thing one time. Mm-hmm. And the thing I found with it was that it was totally an aspirational thing yes. for a lot of people. And it was like, you've always wanted to start a podcast, right? And they're like, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, all right, we're going to do it. And then we would. And they would record like one episode and they'd be like, yeah, that's enough for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. these, weren't, these weren't businesses. These were like, you know, casual people yeah. for sure. Yeah. But it, was, it wasn't like they're like, God, I need a podcast. They didn't wake up every morning thinking like, where's my podcast? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they want the thing. It, it's just like anything. So I just signed up for Write Message. And, mm-hmm. and it, I, I had kind of a joke on Twitter, like how long it took Brennan to get me as a customer. It took him a long time. <laughs> like he, he asked me, I've got like in this one Slack group I'm in, there's like 20 messages from Brennan, like, Hey, do you want to sign up? And I'm going to do it for my mega maker business. So books and courses, but I got in there once and, you know, fiddled fiddle around with a few things and I haven't been back. And now the clock is ticking. Because that initial inspiration is dying, and mm-hmm. it, now it's been a week. So now I'm starting to think, "Fuck! I paid 99 bucks for this. Like, uh, like I'm starting to get that feeling that you get when you haven't used mm. something. And mm. it shows, like, if I can get some activation, if I can get, you know, and Brennan, if you're listening, this would be a good time to reach out and just set up my account for me. Uh, <laughs> 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 but you know like that's a great product he's got but i just ran into a few things there was a few things i couldn't do and i'm like ah whatever i just i'm done right uh, mm-hmm. and it's like that for a lot of products you can't 
I mean, this is the death of project management apps is you're already using one and someone says, hey, do you want to check out mine? You're like, ah, sure. And you check it out. You're like, okay. But until you really activate, until you get some sort of like um, investment in, sorry, yeah, you put something in and then you get something out. If that doesn't happen pretty quick, then it's just on the back of your mind like, okay, I'm not going to cancel right away because Brennan's my friend. But if three months go by and I haven't used this thing, I'm going to cancel. And that I think all products have that that problem. And even going back to the skateboard thing, like you might buy a skateboard thinking, yes, I'm actually going to go and learn to skateboard. But it sits in your room for two weeks and then, you know, clothes get put on on it. And then, you know, you the more it sits there, the more you get guilty about it the more it feels like a weight on you and then you're like "Ah, forget it i'm never gonna learn how i'm just gonna give this to my little brother yep yeah there's a really good talk at microconf that justin mares did and at one point he mentioned kind of offhandedly we uh we did the math and we realized that customer success people cause such an increase in our activation rates and the expansion revenue that they paid for themselves, that hiring additional customer success people was profitable. Mm-hmm. And so we, once we realized that, we just started going nuts on that. Yeah. And, it's, and I'm sitting here thinking that for like, maybe they have one at right message, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like if someone had like been keeping tabs on you and saying, hey, Justin is not actually activated. Like I'm going to like reach out to him and maybe do some work for free if I need to, to get him over that hump. Yeah. And it, I think the challenge is it takes more than automated messages. Like I'm, totally. I'm so used right. to getting mm-hmm. automated messages like, Hey, it looks like you haven't set up your thing. And then do you want to reach out? I'm like, Absolutely. no, I don't want to do that. I just, oh. I want, uh, this reminds me of like the first SaaS company I worked for was an email newsletter company. And I'm, I got started on customer support. And one of the things I realized was if I watched new accounts sign up and I would just go into their account, set up their template with their logo and stuff from their website. And then they would go into their account and it would be magically their their newsletter template would have all the stuff from their website and people loved it. Like, and uh, exactly that thing. They, if whenever I did that with an account, they were like, it was like, I don't know, way more likely that they would sign up for a paid plan and stick around. And so I could see that like customer support people like reaching out and just going. And again, it's almost like you got to be a bit ballsy, like reach out to me on Twitter DMS or, or something and say, Hey, like, can I help you get this thing set up? The the automated approach, I don't know. I, I maybe it works for other people, but I'm just getting. I, I'm so used to those, you know, pop up uh, uh, intercom things. And intercom. Yeah. It's, it doesn't feel real. But if there's a real human being, like, hey, we just want to help you out and get you started, I'd be like, okay, like mm-hmm. I'll I'll do it. And yeah, maybe it doesn't scale, or I don't know, but. But maybe, but that's the thing about Justin Maris is like that. It wasn't just like, hey, we're doing a thing that doesn't scale because we have to. It was like, actually, this makes money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for them, you could see like once people get it installed and it starts like generating revenue. Man, like I'm in, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's kind of again, like I don't know why more consultants don't do this is I get pitched all the time about stuff I do not care about at all but if someone could if someone noticed something like like where i'm clearly getting stuck 
and reached out to me and said, hey, like, this is what I do for a living. I just get people unstuck from this thing. Do you want to pay me? I'd be like, yes, like, I will pay you for that right now because I'm, you know, that's something that that is very applicable at this point in my life. Uh, it feels like people, they're, they're not good at recognizing those things where people are getting stuck or they don't care or I don't know. Um, yeah, so many, so many of us want to build automated software companies where we, I, where we ideally don't have to talk to a single human being, mm-hmm. but like the, the truly successful SaaS companies, I think are the ones that when it makes sense to are proactively doing as much for their customer as possible and really emphasizing that service component. Yeah. Um, it's such a powerful thing. Did you, did, was that your experience at drip too? Like, is that something you yeah. leveraged? Yeah, early on we had our we called it our concierge service, and um, we would build an email course for you. So like we we sort of strategize like what's the minimum path to awesome to getting value out of the product. And uh, early early days when we were mostly centered around just like basic email follow up campaigns, we would uh, we would do those for free for you uh, based on I think we would take your some existing content off your blog and put together an email course for you. And then uh, for a while I think we even did. Um, uh, some of the like fully done for you evergreen, like give us some ideas and we'll go off and write a, a five part email course. I think we did that for free for a while. And then we started offering it for $500 maybe. But um, yeah, that stuff was huge in the early days. And the services component is still a, a big thing, at least account migrations. And now it's like, you know, drip is a much more complicated product, mm-hmm. but I think there's still like um, a big service component that we have. Yeah. Mm. How could you use that though, Ben with tuple? I was thinking that as you were talking. Um, I don't know for sure. Uh, I th- so one thing I've, I've thought about coming at it from a slightly different angle, which is not quite activation, but more like building the next generation of pair programmers. Mm. Because there's some people that feel like they should be pairing, but they don't mm. feel like they would be good at it, or they're intimidated, or they have concerns. Yeah. So one thing I strongly suspect that we will be build- building either as like a low cost product or for free is some sort of pairing course or book or something. Yeah. So this is where being having a profile and having, you know, a following could be helpful because if you're talking about pair programming all the time, that becomes the trigger, right? So it's Mm. like you're, I'm on Twitter and I'm a tuple customer and all of a sudden Ben's talking about pair programming. It's like, Oh yeah, I, I need to do that more or I should, you know, or even just a, a human being like, um, you know, if you tweeted like, when was the last time you paired with the most junior person of your team? And mm. then you're like, Whoa, oh yeah. When was the last time? It, that's a different than an automated message. And maybe that's your key is just, you For know, sure. again, Adam Wathen is always getting people to think about testing and refactoring because he's talking about it mm-hmm. all the time. Like, I don't give a, can I swear on this program? I don't care at all <laughs> about, uh, uh, refactoring. Like I don't, but I'm thinking about it all the time because Adam's tweeting it yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's providing, I mean, as corny as it sounds, it's being a thought leader in yeah. the thing that's tangential to the technology you're building or the business you're building, yeah. right? Yep. And that's totally where, where you want to be. Yeah. Yep. It's like when I made a refactoring course for Rails apps, it was like, yeah, that makes sense. A lot of people think of me as the refactoring guy. Mm-hmm. And so yep. like, I have to now become the pairing guy. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you are listening on Breaker, please leave a comment. Uh, you know, if any part of that hits you or you resonated with any of that, 
Uh, you can also do that on this app called CastBox. Otherwise, you can get me on Twitter. I'm the letter M, the letter I, Justin, M-I, Justin. You can get Transistor on Twitter, at TransistorFM. You can call out to John, John Buda, J-O-N-B-U-D-A, on Twitter. And folks, we are, I think, about 50 days away from our official launch. Um, If you want to be notified when Transistor launches, it's Transistor.fm. And you can sign up for the waiting list there. Thanks again. See you next Tuesday. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.